0: see the love on them and but anyways and so and they went and uh, they had a cake made for Miss Heather and so of course they called her me up and they said we want to talk to mom put mom on the phone you know and um, so I said okay let me go get her so I went and got her so then they all gathered around on the video and they had the cake and it you know, had her name on it and everything it was a pretty cake and um, they had these two tall things like sticking out of the cake and anyways they started singing happy birthday to her and then they lit the cake or whatever and the sucker was like fire, fireworks coming up out of that thing man it was pretty interesting. And then they started singing "Happy Birthday," and they started all dancing around, man. You know what I'm saying? I was like, man, want I'll go over there and live. I don't care. You know they got the joy of the Lord. they ain't even got nothing. And we got everything, we didn't got the joy of the Lord. What's wrong with that, man? God is good, amen. But it was blessed. It was blessed. and so When they started dancing, they were dancing. They were happy. They're happy. You you want to know why they're happy? Because they're seeking Jesus. Because they spend the time in the presence of God. Amen? For whatever that's worth. So let's look at the word of God. If you're not happy today, get in the presence of God. Amen. That's a kind rebuke. Verse 12. Now Isaac sowed in that land and reaped in the same year a hundredfold. And the Lord blessed him. And the man became rich and continued to grow richer until he became very wealthy For he had possessions of flocks and herds and a great household so that the Philistines envied him. Now all the wells his father's servants had dug in the days of Abraham, his father, the Philistines stopped up by filling them with earth. Then Abimelech said to Isaac, Go away from us, for you are too powerful for us. And Isaac departed from there and camped in the valley of Gerar and settled there. Then Isaac dug again the wells of water which had been dug in the days of his father Abraham. For the Philistines had stopped them up after the death of Abraham. And he gave them the same names which his father had given them. But when Isaac's servants dug in the valley and found there a well of flowing water, the herdsmen of Gerar quarreled with the herdsmen of Isaac, saying, The water is ours. So he named the well Essek because they contended with him. Then they dug another well, and they quarreled over it too. So he named it Sitna and he moved away from there and dug other well and other well and they did not quarrel over it. So he named it Rehoboth for he said, at last the Lord has made room for us and we will be fruitful in the lamb. And then he went up from there to Beersheba. And the Lord appeared to him the same night and said, I am the God of your father, Abraham. Do not fear for I am with you and I will bless you and multiply your descendants for the sake of my servant, Abraham. And so he built an altar there and called upon the name of the Lord and pitched his tent there. And there Isaac's servant dug a well. Then Abimelech came to him from Gerar with this, his advisor Ahuzath and Fickle, the commander of his army. And Isaac said to them, Why have you come to me, since you hate me and have sent me away from you? And they said, We see plainly that the Lord has been with you. So we said, there, Let there now be an oath between us, even between you and us. And let us make a covenant with you that you will do us no harm, just as we have not touched you and have done to you nothing but good and have sent you away in peace. You are now the blessed of the Lord. Then he made them a feast and they ate and drank. And in the morning they arose early and exchanged oaths. And then Isaac sent them away and they departed from him in peace. And now it came about on the same day that Isaac's servant came in and told him about the well which they had dug and said to him, we have found water. And so he called it Sheba. Therefore, the name of the city is Beersheba to this day. And when Esau was 40 years old, he married Judith, the daughter of Beret, the Hittite, and Basmath, the daughter of Elan, the head tight. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you today in the name of Jesus and Lord, we just ask you to speak to us through your Holy Spirit tonight, God. Illuminate your word by the power of the Holy Ghost tonight, God. Prepare our hearts to receive whatever you have. Father, I thank you, Jesus. I thank you, Lord God, for everything that you are doing in our lives. Your word says, amen, that we should give thanks always not sometimes not when things are going good but always and there's a reason for that God so father I thank you today and I praise you Lord Jesus forgive us for all of our sins today God wash us cleanse us and cover us in your son's precious blood in Jesus name amen give the Lord a hand praise amen My topic today to you is responding to adversity, responding to adversity. You know, as we begin to look at these scriptures in this text today, amen, there's some things that begin to come uh, to my mind that I'm reminded of in What I'm reminded of is the different ways that different believers respond to opposition and adversity. See, we're going to encounter opposition and we're going to encounter adversity. But the question is, is how will we respond to it? Are y'all with me today? It's a given, we will encounter adversity. We will encounter, amen, trials. We will encounter opposition from the enemy and from other people. Are y'all with me today? But the question is, is how do we respond to this opposition and this adversity? You know, in some Christians, they respond what would be considered successfully to adversity. And by successfully, I mean that despite the adversity in their life, their faith is strengthened, their walk with God progresses, and they continue to draw close to him and receive his blessings and provision for their life. Now adversity is gonna do one of two things. It's either gonna draw you closer to God or it's gonna push you away from God. You know, my my dad always told me, he said, life's like a millstone, amen. It's either gonna grind you down or polish you up. It's just a matter of what you're made of. If you're made of the right thing, it's gonna begin to polish you up but if you're not made of the right thing, it's gonna grind you down. And so I wanna talk about this a little bit today as we look at this, amen, because ultimately when we encounter adversity and we encounter uh, these various opposition, amen, really it can be something that's beneficial in our life. You know, I don't know if you talk to preachers, but uh, preachers will tell you sometimes when they preach the best is when they're going through the most. And us as Christians, sometimes when we're walking in the fullness of God, the closest to God, amen, it's whenever we're dealing with things in our life. So my question to you today is when you go through things, does it cause you to draw closer to God or does it push you away from God? Well, if you begin to walk in maturity as a Christian, it will draw you closer to him when you truly know who your God is. Are y'all with me today? I wanna look at this scripture right here in verse 12. He says, now Isaac sowed in that land and reaped in the same year a hundredfold and the Lord blessed him. Here we are, amen, Isaac was beginning to walk in the blessing of the Lord. He had sowed and he began to reap, amen, some blessings of what he was sowing. And the man became rich and continued to grow richer until he became very wealthy. For he had possessions of flocks and herds and a great household so that the Philistines envied him. Now, I wanna tell you this. First of all, how many y'all know whenever you begin to walk in the blessing of the Lord, there's gonna be people that are envious of you, There's gonna be people that are jealous of you. There's gonna be people that are hating on you when you begin to walk in the blessing of God. Somebody said, just get used to it. But not only is there gonna be people that are envious and jealous, amen, and people that are hating, but how many of y'all know whenever God begins to bless in your life, amen, whenever God begins to, amen, move in your life or in your family or in your situation, how many of y'all know that there's opposition from the enemy right around the corner? You'll see it over and over again. You'll begin to see, amen, the blessing of God come. You'll begin to see, amen, the family, amen, brought back together. You'll begin to see these things begin to occur, amen, as God's releasing his blessing, and then here comes the old slewfoot, the devil that's coming to try to, amen, hinder what God's done. I'm going to tell you right now if you're going to walk in the blessing of the Lord, you might as well get used to some opposition. Because it's going to happen. You can count on it. Are y'all with me today? And here we are Isaac, amen, was at a point of blessing. He was at a, a point, amen, where he reaped in the same year, the Bible says, a hundredfold. And it says, and the Lord blessed him. Verse 14 says, For he had possessions of flocks and herds and a great household, so that, amen, a great household, so that the Philistines envied him. Now the Philistines was the enemy. Hello, somebody. Isaac was a man of God. The Philistines was the enemy. Are y'all with me? How many of y'all know we got a real enemy? Now verse 15 says, now all the wells which his father's servant had dug in the days of Abraham, his father, the Philistines stopped up by filling them with the earth. So here we are, the enemy comes against him, amen, in a way to try to stop the very blessing from flowing in his life. I don't know if you realize this, but back in those days, a well was a very valuable item there's no way for him to begin to keep his flock alive if there's no water there's no way for him to keep his crops going forth if there's no water there's no way to keep the blessing going forth if there's no water now I want you to realize this for a second because how many of y'all know water also represents amen the Holy Ghost in your life if the enemy can stop the flowing of the Holy Spirit in your life, amen, it'll hinder the blessing of God in your life. So when God begins to bring this blessing and he begins to move in this way in your life, amen, and he begins to restore some things and put some things back together, how many of y'all know the enemy's gonna try to come and stop up that hole where that water's flowing from? Somebody say you better get ready for some opposition. If you want to walk in the blessing of God, if you want to be blessed by God, you better get ready for some opposition. You better get ready for some haters, all kinds of haters. You just get used to haters. That's just what it is. Are y'all with me today? They're not willing to walk in a way to walk and receive that blessing. So what do they do? They hate. Somebody look at your neighbor and say, don't be a hater. Somebody say, God's got a blessing for you too. God is good, amen? Verse 16 says, Then Abimelech said to Isaac, Go away from us. For you are too powerful for us. And Isaac departed from there, encamped in the valley of Gerar, and settled there. Now I'm gonna stop right there for just a moment. Here we are, we're talking about adversity, right? My first point is this Christians should expect adversity. I really believe that an essential key for overcoming adversity is to realize that it is normal in the Christian life. You've got to realize that it's normal. You've got to expect it. If you're going to walk blessed, you've got to expect opposition. If you're gonna be used by God, you've got to expect opposition. If you're gonna walk in the power of the Holy Ghost, you've got to expect opposition. If you're gonna impact eternity, you've got to expect opposition. Amen, if you're gonna begin to walk in the fullness of what God has for your family, you've got to expect opposition. If you're going to be blessed, you got to expect opposition. And this doesn't mean that us as believers that we should desire adversity or trouble, right? And this doesn't mean that we should consider every little problem an attack from Satan because that's not always the case. Hello. It just means that we should realize that God's blessed and loved people will undergo real adversity, in Genesis 26, we begin to learn that Isaac was a man of God, first of all. Amen. He was a man of God who did what God said by staying in the land despite a famine. He obeyed God. There was a famine in the land. And in spite of that, he stayed and obeyed God. And how many of you know God blessed him for it? A lot of us would have packed up and, and gone. Hello? And as a result, he was promised the blessing of God. And we begin to see in verse 12 through 14, some of those blessings being manifest by the provision of crops and flocks, amen? And this was even despite the famine. Hello. Did you know even when there's a famine around, God can still bring provision? Did you know even if there's a a, a collapse of the economy, God can still provide? Did you know if there's even a a drought, God can still bring some rain and some water? Are y'all with me today? God can bring life even where there's nothing but dead stuff around. Are y'all with me today? And we begin to see that happening here in this scripture and so yet despite God's promise of blessings we also see Isaac beginning to face serious adversity and opposition here in 15 and 16 and his wells which were the tangible and symbolic amen sign of God's blessing were stopped up by the Philistines and he was forced to move from his land by Abimelech and even after he left he faced more adversity and opposition And so what does this teach us? This teaches us and shows us that receiving God's blessing doesn't mean that we have an easy life. Just because you have a blessed life doesn't mean you have an easy life. See, we've got to get an understanding of what it means to be blessed. Are y'all with me today? Just because you're blessed don't mean nothing don't ever happen. Hello? just because you're blessed don't mean you don't ever go through nothing. You don't ever deal with anything. Are y'all with me today? So the first point is that Christians should expect adversity. And so as Christians, we basically become a target for Satan directly and indirectly. And he's gonna oppose you Or me, and he's going to cause trouble through various means, first of all, including other people, amen, through health problems, through financial adversity, through family struggles. And because this is true, none of us should be surprised by adversity. Somebody look at your neighbor and say, don't be surprised by adversity. But rather, we should expect it. Somebody look at your neighbor and say, we should expect it. Jesus himself said this. He said, in this world, you will have trouble, but be of good cheer for I have overcome the world. This is what Jesus was saying. In this world, you will have troubles. You will have adversity. You will have opposition. You will have these things in this world, amen. But he says, but be of good cheer. Somebody look at your neighbor and say, be of good cheer. Cheer, cheer. Be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. Somebody ought to be getting excited right about now. The apostle Paul said this. He said, we must go through many hardships to enter the kingdom of God. That was what he said. We must go through many hardships to enter the kingdom of God. God. The apostle Peter said this, dear friends, do not be surprised at the painful trial you are suffering as though something strange were happening to you. James, amen, the brother of Jesus said this, consider it pure joy whenever you face trials of many kind. Now obviously all these men of God were saying this, that means we're going to go through some things in this world and in this life. You can expect it. And no, every believer, no matter how spiritual, no matter how faithful, amen, will face troubles and trials. It's gonna happen. We should expect it. Because when we expect it, how many y'all know that's gonna help us to overcome it? That's gonna help us to deal with it. God is good, amen. My next point is, we as Christians, we should persevere during adversity. Look at verse 17 real quick. I want to show you some perseverance for just a moment. And Isaac departed from there and camped in the valley of Gerar and settled there. And then Isaac dug again the wells of water, which had been dug in the days of his father, Abraham. For the Philistines had stopped them up after the death of Abraham, and he gave them the same names which his father had given them. But when Isaac's servant dug in the valley and found there a well of flowing water, the herdsmen of Gerar quarreled with the herdsmen of Isaac, saying, the water, this water is ours. And so he named the well Essek because they contended with him. Verse 21 says, Then they dug another well and they quarreled over it too. So he named it Sitna. And he moved away from there and dug another well and they did not quarrel over it. So he named it Rehoboth. For he said, At last the Lord has made room for us and we will be fruitful in the Lamb. So here we are. Isaac faced continued opposition and adversity, it was continuous. Every step forward led to two steps back. Everybody ever experienced that before? I'm going to tell you, I've experienced a lot of it in ministry. Every time it looked like we were on the right track. Every time it looked like we were making a breakthrough. Every time it looked like, amen, we we're people were going to get committed and stick around and stay. And, and we were going forward and we were developing an army, amen, and we were strong, amen, boom, here we go. We get sideswiped. Are y'all with me? Have you ever been there before? Right when you thought things were going good and you had it. All right, man, we got this. We're making some progress. We're there. You know, you, you say, you know. I think we're going to make it. Hello? I think we're going to make it after all. God is good, amen. But as we look here in this story, we've got to keep in mind that the, in ancient times, few things were more important than wells. Amen. Wells were difficult to dig through hard earth and rock, and often this was done without success. A lot of times they would start digging a well and they would never reach the water. And so this was serious adversity and setbacks, amen, that Isaac was facing. And despite the difficulties, Isaac did not throw down his shovel and quit. Are you all with me today? But he did something called persevere. Somebody say persevere. See, he could have sat around and cried and complained about the disappointments of the past but how many of y'all know that would only lead to more failure? If you want to be spiritually successful and you want to experience the life God intends for you, you're going to have to persevere during adversity. And here's an example of how God would have us respond to adversity, amen. Are y'all with me today? See, sometimes when adversity comes... And sometimes when God, when the, when the enemy comes and begins to plug up your well, sometimes you gotta begin to dig another well. Sometimes when he comes in and fills in that spot where the Holy Ghost is flowing, amen, where God's blessing, amen, where things are happening, amen. And all of a sudden here comes old Slewfoot and he's, and he's beginning to get in there and, and work his way in there and all of a sudden that's shut down. Sometimes you've got to begin to move around and dig another well. Hello, somebody. You've got to dig another well and that might, amen, mean a little perseverance. That might mean a pressing forward. Hello, that might mean, amen, beginning to do some things. But some of us, we want to just lay it down. And give up. Are y'all with me today? Somebody say you gotta persevere during adversity. My next point is that Christians should believe God will bless them despite adversity. Are y'all with me? Now, I don't want you to persevere because you believe in the power of perseverance. I want you to persevere because you believe in the power of God. Are you all with me? Because the believer is able to endure and persevere because they know that God can bless them despite their adversity. Despite what it looks like. Despite their situation. Despite the attacks of the enemy. Despite what the past has said. Despite what the enemy has torn up. They know that God can bless them because they know who their God is. And they know if God did it once, he can do it again. If God can do it once, he can do it again. If God can begin to repair your marriage once, he can do it again. If God can begin to repair your relationship with your kids once, he can do it again. If God can begin to use you, amen, to reach the lost, he can do it again. If God can begin to release blessings in your life, material blessings, he can do it again. If God can begin to release his anointing upon you, those of you that lost it, he can do it again. Some of y'all walking around dry. He can do it again. You got to get down there and dig in that well. You got to dig in that well till you hit some water. Sometimes that's so hard to Dig. I don't know about you, but if I'm dying of thirst, I'm going to be digging. I'm not going to sit there with my shovel like this and be like, oh, I guess we'll just sit here and die. No, you're going to see, if I die, I'm going to be dying down there in the hole digging. Are you all with me today? You're not going to see me on the top of the ground. With the shovel laying next to me. I guess it wasn't meant to be. I guess God doesn't love me anymore. I know He was blessing me before, but I guess He just changed His mind. He was teasing me. Are y'all with me today? God wants to make you strong. God's making you strong. You know, it wasn't normal back in these days to find a a good well so easy. So easily, amen. But it was only by the blessing of God that this could be done. Abimelech, who was king of the Philistines, he admitted... As much as, amen. In verse 28 where he said, he said, we clearly see that the Lord is with you. Now, mind you, Isaac had to dig a few different wells. Hello, somebody. There was some opposition. There was some quarreling happening here. And he dug over here. There's some quarreling happening there. And then he dug over here. And all of a sudden, the quarreling stopped. And what does he say? He says, at last, the Lord has made room for us. And we will be fruitful in the land. I want you to know right now, God's, amen. God's made room for you. And you're gonna be fruitful in the land. God is making room for you and you're gonna be fruitful in the land. God's got a well for you that won't run dry. Hello, somebody. He's got a well that won't run dry that's gonna bring blessing in your life. You might have to dig around to find that well. But sometimes God wants to see if we'll persevere a little bit. Sometimes he wants to see if we'll trust them a little bit. Sometimes he wants to see how bad we really want it. How bad do you want it? Bad enough to dig a little? Verse 23, and then he went up from there to Beersheba, and the Lord appeared to him in that same night and said, this is what he said to him. He said, I am the God of your father, Abraham. Do not fear, for I am with you. Somebody say, don't fear. Don't fear. Somebody say, God is, God is with you. He says, I will bless you and multiply your descendants for the sake of my servant, Abraham. And so he built an altar there and he called upon the name of the Lord and pinched, pinched his tents there and there Isaac's servant dug a well. And then Abimelech came to him, amen, from Gerar with his advisor, Ahuza and Fickle and the commander of his army. And Isaac said to them, why have you come to me since you hate me and have sent me away from you? And they said, look at this, They said, we plainly see that the Lord has been with you. And so we said, let there now be an oath between us, even between you and us, and let us make a covenant with you. How many of y'all know, amen, when you're walking with God, even your enemies will be at peace with you. Come on, somebody. There's going to come a time where the enemy's going to come and attack and attack and attack. And he's going to see, you know what? You're not going to give up. You're going to press in you're gonna dig another well. And he's gonna say, you know what? I'm not gonna mess with that guy in that way no more. But you gotta keep going. You gotta keep digging. You gotta keep trusting God. You gotta develop some some perseverance in your life. We don't see results, amen, one time when we pray and all of a sudden we say, oh, I guess it wasn't God's will. Are y'all with me today? Sometimes the answer doesn't manifest itself into the the natural right away even though it's already done in Jesus' name. Sometimes when people pray for healing, the healing doesn't occur right there that very moment, but how many of y'all know that healing's still coming? And then we ruin it because we begin to walk in doubt. Hello? And we begin to hinder what God's already doing. Y'all remember whenever they hindered the angel of the Lord from coming? Even though he was already sent? Are y'all with me today? Somebody say, don't quit believing. Christians should believe that God will bless even despite adversity. Hello? You've got to be able to see past your circumstance. You've got to be able to see past your current situation. Faith is the substance of things hoped for the evidence of things not seen. You've got to begin to walk in faith. But we're walking by sight. We walk by what we see. And that's why we don't walk in victory today. If I walk by what I've seen right now, I would walk around defeated. I'm sitting here talking about building a church that seats 500 people, and we can't even get new members in this place right now. You think I should walk in doubt? Hello? Hello? I remember investing in my leaders and pouring everything out into them so that they could go and relapse once a year. Did I quit believing? No. Hello? If you relapse once a year, I'm not talking about Jesus. Don't worry about it, amen? Amen. Just make sure you don't relapse this year. <laughs> Amen? It's okay. You're going to, you know, God's going to do it. My fourth and last point is that Christians should recognize that good that can come from adversity. Amen? There's good that can come from it. There's good that can come from it. There's good that can come from it. Are y'all with me today? Praise the Lord. There's good that can come from it. Verse 28 says, they said, we plainly see plainly that the Lord has been with you. So we said, let there now be an oath between us. Even between you and us, and let us make a covenant with you that you will do us no harm, just as we have not touched you and have done to you nothing but good and have sent you away in peace. You are now the blessed of the Lord. See, sometimes when the people see you go through some things, amen, and they see you still stay steadfast. Hello, first of all, you might make them be at peace with you. Second of all, they're going to be like, man, you might make them believe in Jesus. Hello. See, when they see us go through these troubles, worship team, you can come forward. And we're going to go through these troubles. But when they see us go through these things, and they see us not wigging out, and they see us not... operating in doubt we just stay steadfast we just keep trusting God we just keep speaking life we just keep believing we just keep standing on the word there's some goods that's going to come out of that hello sometimes God will use your situation in order to reach others hello in order to develop others faith as well as your own I'm going to tell you, and God has got an interesting way of developing faith. And God takes you from faith to faith and from glory to glory. And every single time God was taking me to another level of faith, to where I could believe him on a whole other level, it was through some kind of adversity. It was through some kind of challenge. It was through some kind of situation that looked like there was no solution. There was no way out. But how many of y'all know if you just stay steadfast, if you'll just keep digging, amen, a well, if you'll just keep digging that well, if you'll just keep digging that well, if you'll just keep digging, come on now. So our troubles can actually turn into blessings. And you say, well, in what way, pastor? In what way, preacher? Well, first of all, they can draw us close to God. You know, sometimes if we don't really have something challenging going on in our lives, sometimes we don't really draw close to God. Are y'all with me today? That's why when I look at these things in these last days and stuff, I really get excited, man. When I see these people in these other countries and what they're dealing with, they're really blessed. There's a song called Bring the Rain. He's talking about bring the rain. Because if it means I'm going to praise you, then bring the rain. If it means I'm going to worship you, then bring the rain. If it means I'm going to draw closer to you bring the rain. Amen. This is what we see in, the, in, in Isaac's life. I want you to notice that Isaac, he went up to Beersheba. Amen. In verse 23, it says, "Now you may be sane, amen. But Isaac started in the land of Gura, which is located outside of the promised land. And he would have been content to stay there outside of the promised land. Are y'all with me? But the adversity forced him to move into the promised land. Hello. Now, this may, not, this may be a physical move or this may be a spiritual move. Are y'all with me today? you know it was adversity that got me to move out here to east texas it was adversity that got me some of you it's adversity that got you here somebody say but there's a blessing coming there's a man i'm telling you every single time it was a blessing my first church where we ended up putting the homeboys, we could only house 12 homeboys, and the yard was flooded out, flooded out, flooded out, man. And I mean, it was bad, and it was flooded out because the septic wasn't you know, wasn't able to hold all that water we were pumping through there. And it got to where it was noticeable. Like, everybody else's like, land was dry, and ours was, like, flooded, you know? I mean, they started looking at that kind of stuff. And then they see your water bill, and they see that they you, you lose, like, you know, enough gallons of water for like twenty people because like homeboys take twenty people's worth of showers, you know, but anyways. And then what do we do? We moved to Greenville, and all of a sudden we went from twelve to thirty, boom, like that. Hello? God is good, amen. But God had to use these troubles. Not to destroy Isaac, but to bring him in deeper, into a deeper relationship with him. And how many of y'all know he'll do the same for us? And it's no coincidence when Isaac entered Beersheba that the Lord met with him in a special way. Some of the times that you're going to have the most special encounters with God. Amen is when you're going through the most. When you're dealing with the most. Are y'all with me today? And so through adversity, Isaac had been brought into a closer relationship. He had, Isaac had been in danger of drifting away from the Lord. But now God had used adversity to bring him back to the place he needed to be. My last point is this. Christians should recognize that good can come from it. So the second good that resulted from adversity was that others could see the wonderful way that the Lord was working in Isaac's adversity. And we learned that the Philistine leaders had been watching Isaac. How many of y'all know there's people watching you? And they had to come to a point where they had to admit that he must have had something special in his life in order to be able to overcome and be blessed despite his problems. Are you all with me today? And the same can be true for you today. And for me. So one, number one, we should expect adversity. Number two, we should persevere Number three, we should believe that God will bless us in spite of it. And number four, we should recognize that God can come from it. Are y'all with me today? Come on, stand to your feet tonight. Stand to your feet tonight. If you're going through something, I challenge you to begin to get your shovel out. feels like the enemy has come and plugged up your well I challenge you to get your shovel out because it might be time to dig again it might be time to dig in a little more it might be time to dig a little deeper because God's got some water for you he's got some living water for you that he wants to release in your life He's got some living water he wants to release in your life. Amen. So he can pour out the blessing of God on your life. There's a blessing of God. Amen. That's in that well. There's a blessing of God that's in that water. Sometimes you got to dig a little. Sometimes you got to keep digging. Sometimes you got to keep digging. Just let faith arise as these young ladies and men sing. Just let faith arise in this house tonight. Father, we thank you, Jesus. Come and have your way tonight, King Jesus. Father, release an increase of faith in this house tonight, God. house tonight, God. Hallelujah.